good, it's good to be back here again at Faith Bible. And, you know, I was just sitting there thinking about when the last time we were here. And I think it was 2012 when we were here, out here for deputation. And so that's when we've been 10 years ago. And uh, everyone looks pretty much the same. And uh, maybe Bert that's a little bit different. But, uh, but wiser. He looks wiser, like me. And uh, it's good to be here, and it's good to see Brother, uh, Pastor Cole and Ms. Cole. Thank you so much. And I, I just want to thank all of you for praying for us. I know you do pray for us on a regular basis. We do get your bulletin in, in our email. We do enjoy looking at those things. And, and uh, thank you for praying for us. And the Lord really has done a marvelous work there in Sagada. And uh, we just give Him all the glory and praise for that. And when we... Uh, came to Sagada, we understood the, the darkness that's, that's in there and, uh, and just uh, the deep paganism and they're, they're very, in their culture, very stuck to it. When we first came to Sagada, obviously we had to kind of try to penetrate the, the community and that, that took a while uh, because they didn't like any strangers coming into their community. But uh, through, by God's grace, we were able to start a Bible study in our home and started a church, and eventually grew to, a, uh, to the Central Sagada Baptist Church, in which we are thankful for. And, uh, and then as the Lord blessed, and as we saw the church grew, and more, uh, we see a lot of attacks from the devil from all fronts. And, and, uh, and we also seen the power of God uh, free so many of those people that are so bound uh, with, with their paganism and in Sagada, when a child is born, every child that is born in their eighth day, they're dedicated to the spirits. And they ask the, the elders gather together, that's the witch doctors, they gather together and ask the spirit what name they should give uh, the, the child. And so everybody in Sagada has two names, which makes, you know, a little bit challenging when you try to look people. Everyone has two names. One is their, their uh, um, ancestral name, uh, their Igorot native name. And the other one is what they call the Christian name. And uh, there is the Anglican church that's been there for over 100 years. And so they told them that uh, they Christianized them, obviously, in the 1900s. But they told them that they can still practice their, their rituals and, and everything else. And so that's become a challenge for us because a lot of people claim to be Christians. And they know they, they sing the same hymns as we do. And they even have a little bit of the same terminology. But by God's grace, God has God just shown, uh, the, have shown the light in this dark place. And uh, it's going to be a slow process. And, and uh, the fact that we, we thank the Lord that God raised a leader while we were, while we were uh, out here in furlough. So I'll be praying for Brother Godfrey and the others, uh, Martina, our, our Sunday school supervisor. And uh, it, it has been a challenge. Um, Godfrey... Uh, when he started joining a church and got dedicated to the Lord, Godfrey's grandmother is one of the top witch doctors in town. So she was not happy when her own um, grandson, so, so that was his, his grandma, his grandson was, uh, you know, the pastor of now this, this church. And they thought that when we left, they thought that when we left, that the church is done. We're, we're done with our missions. And they've seen that many times because a lot of missionaries have come and gone over the years, but they're now one of their own is the pastor. And, and so we thank the Lord. We just give that glory uh, to the Lord for that. And it's because of, of prayers of people like you folks. And I, I just want to encourage you to keep on praying. 
I keep on being encouraged about missions. Uh, it does matter. It does make a difference. And uh, we thank the Lord for everything, every challenge, every, um, every obstacle, but uh, also every victory that, we, what, that we've seen. And we're looking forward uh, to that. And we'll, I, pray, I would appreciate your prayer. Our goal is to get back as soon as we can. Uh, one of the reasons we, we went back is obviously it's time for furlough, but our, our children did need, uh, was in need, were in need of a, some medical attention which we're still working on. It's kind of been a slow process in the midst of COVID, uh, but uh, we're still trying to get answers. And, and, uh, and then, we're, so we're trying to get that taken care of and so that we can get back as soon as we can. We're, we're still, we're kind of trying to raise a little bit more support as we go. And uh, we praise the Lord that uh, a lot of churches have, new churches have taken us on. So we praise the Lord for that. We're getting closer uh, to our goal. Our, our, my family is here with me, but uh, if you remember, we, we, we had, well, when we were here, we had four kids, but the Lord gave us another one in the Philippines, but our oldest one, Micah, is in Bible college uh, tonight, so we're minus one, and, uh, but we're still trying to get used to that. That was just this last fall, but uh, you pray for him. Uh, he, I, believe, I believe God has something special for him. He's just trying to look for the Lord's will in his life, so appreciate your prayers. And again, thank you so much for uh, having us uh, come here tonight. And we've been looking forward uh, to this. And, and obviously, we look forward to visiting churches and so on. But we have, we have so many, you know, some personal connections here, some friends, and, and we, we appreciate it uh, so much. So if you turn your Bibles, please, to uh, Luke chapter number 5. Luke chapter 5, verse number 1. Just a few simple thoughts tonight. Verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass that at the people, as, as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would trust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And now one day he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your net for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. And nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships, and so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, and he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a simple man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, for henceforth thou shalt catch men. And they had brought their ships to land. They forsook all and followed him. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you again, Lord, for this opportunity to be here. Lord, what a blessing to see fam, uh, friends and, and close friends, Lord, and, and friends in the ministry. And uh, Lord, I pray that you just uh, help us tonight to look at this particular subject, Lord, of being a follower of Christ and what that really means. And 
what that really means. And I just pray that it would be a blessing to each one of us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. We see the text here tonight. We see that the, a passage that the Lord just began to call his disciples uh, to join him in the mission that God has given him uh, to obviously to train them and to prepare them to take on the work that he has prepared for them. And it's interesting that uh, as we see the Lord Jesus Christ calling his disciples, I think it's interesting to note that uh, when the Lord looked for disciples and looked for those that would serve with him and, ser- and serve him, he, he didn't look in the, uh, the elite part of the society or the, uh, those, uh, the educated uh, part, uh, of people in, in the land, but instead he went by uh, the seashore. He went by people that, that believed in him and uh, people that were dedicated. And, uh, and so it is in our lives, we know that God can use anyone. That if we're just willing to give our lives to him, he'll take it, and then he'll get the glory for it. I look at my own life, I, I, I just, I still, I'm still amazed at what the Lord's doing. It's all glory to him. But let me just say this again, that God can use any one of us. And if we're willing to just go, willing to just go and, and trust him for what, for what he has for us in our lives. He has something great for us. But so we look at here, we know that the Lord did a miracle. He, 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 after he had preached, he, he, taught, he told Simon to launch out again. Uh, and he kind of protested a little bit, and we know the story. He said, but nevertheless, at thy word, we, we will let down the net. And obviously, we know the result of, the, of that. There was a lot of fish came, and, and, the, and Peter, in his humility, and he saw something that God did, and he changed his perspective and he kind of humbled himself. And, but, uh, but in verse 11, he said this. The Bible says this. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Something happened there by the seashore that this, 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 uh, young, this fisherman, this career fisherman, were willing to leave all of that to follow, uh, uh, to follow uh, Christ. The word disciple uh, appears many times in the New Testament. It basically means a follower or a learner. And uh, the word disciples is often tagged with those that we see here, like Peter and, and, and James and John, but, uh, and, and those that have followed Christ during his earthly ministry. It started just with the 12, and then the others would join in later. Um, and, you know, while not everyone's called to the ministry, I believe that every believer who professes Christ is a disciple of the Lord. And uh, if a disciple is one who is a learner, then we are all fo- uh, or a follower of a teacher, then it's not just referring to those that have been called to become pastors and missionaries. We're all called to be disciples. In fact, if you would turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The Bible says here that Paul says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. So Paul was addressing the church, and he was addressing you and I, or those that uh, perhaps you, you don't believe that God's called you to, to uh, full-time ministry or, or to full-time work or, or missions. And, and by the way, again, not everybody's called, and not everyone's called to go to the Philippines or to somewhere in Asia or Africa, but I believe everyone's called to be a follower of Christ. But what does it mean to be a follower of Christ? What does it mean? And 
And you know, we, when you think about Christianity, in our world today, it has become very broad. There's a broad umbrella under, uh, of who identifies as, as Christians. And uh, I was uh, there, we were in North Carolina, and, and we were at our friend's house. We, we had some meetings there, and, and uh, I was just prepare, uh, cleaning up the van, and, and so, some people uh, drove by the house. I thought they were part of the church. Uh, they were nicely dressed up, but they ended up being Jehovah Witnesses. And I love talking to, 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 the, to the Jehovah Witness. And in the Philippines, in Sagada in particular, there's a lot of them. They stand by the, 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 the openings there, by, by the buildings, and, and it's sad. Uh, and they're lost. And, and, uh, and we had a long talk, obviously. I let them talk a little bit, and I began to challenge them about the Bible and, I, you know, I challenge them not to show them what I know about the Bible, but because I, I love them and I care for their soul. But, but to say this, that they believe they're Christians. They believe they're following uh, uh, Christ. But, but if we look at the Bible, what does it really mean to be a follower of Christ? What does it mean uh, in our daily life, in our everyday decision? Because I, I believe that God is even concerned about those little decisions that we make every day. God's concerned about how we parent. God's concerned about how we conduct our business, how we conduct ourselves, our attitudes, our work, of being a follower of Christ. Being a follower of Christ is more than just in identifying with a certain Christian group or denomination or church. It is more than just having the right standards. It is more than just following a set of routines. And, and I'm, I'm not against routines. I like routines. But many times we become trapped and routines, and just because we think that we go and show up in church and we're dressed up and we carry a Bible, that we're, we're truly following with all our hearts, following Christ in that particular time of our lives. Being a true follower of Christ is far deeper than our everyday routines. It's far deeper than that. You see, God has so much for us, and He has so much promises for us, that, and so many things in our lives that He wants to accomplish, and He wants to... Uh, to, to, for us to know him in, in a much deeper way. And that, that takes um, uh, be, knowing and understanding what it means to be really a follower of Christ. In, in verse 11 again, the Bible says they, they, when they, when they brought, have brought the shifts to land, they forsook all and followed him. And again, there, right there, in, in, by, the, by the sea, while they're in the boat, they experienced something miraculous, something that changed their lives, that it didn't, nothing else matters anymore. Their perspective changed. And as I was look, uh, looking at this and trying to study it, look, looking at it, I, it really does change when you see God for who he is. Uh, things do change. In Isaiah chapter 6, we know that Isaiah saw the glory of God. Uh, you know, Isaiah ministered in a very dark time during the Israel's history. Things weren't go- going great. Church, per se, weren't growing. The Christians weren't living for the Lord. In fact, God's own people had turned their backs. If you read the, you know, the, the beginnings of Isaiah, we see the, the, uh, just the depravity of man and even his own people turning their backs uh, on God. And yet something changed, you know. The situation didn't change, but Isaiah's perspective changed. And I believe we're going to be a follower of Christ. We, have to, we need to see God for who he is. And, and it's sad today. Things, you know, sometimes you, when you've been in a mission field for a long time, you come back 
And, and you see that there are some things that have changed or the, uh, attitudes of people or, or even how church is and, and all over the place and in general, generally speaking. And, and many times uh, we've lost the, uh, the, the, the whole meaning of holiness, of the holiness of God. And uh, I have some, some uh, dear, dear friends. I love them in the ministry, but I can never go to their church anymore. Uh, because of the things that I've, they've changed in their, in, in their standards and so on. And I thank God there are still churches that are standing for what's right. And, uh, and so Isaiah saw, and, and these, these disciples saw something, and they saw God. They saw the power of God working, and, and that's why Peter was, was uh, humbled himself, and he said, Lord, I'm not even worthy to be at your presence. And, and Isaiah Again, the circumstances, the, 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 the Israel didn't change, but his perspective in God. And then it, it moved him to say, here my Lord sent me. You see, when we see Christ for who he is, then we'll be willing to uh, see past the obstacle and see past the difficulties and allow God uh, to work in our lives. And, and here they said, it, they forsook all. What does that really mean? And uh, the Bible uh, didn't really tell us where exactly they for, forsook, um, but we can assume that when they forsook, the Bible says in, in the parallel passage in, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 20, the Bible says, and, they, and straightway they left their nets and, uh, and followed him. This is the parallel passage and, uh, in verse 22. It says, and immediately they left the ship and their father and followed him. So their nets meant more than just a means to catch fish. It, it's, not, it's more than just uh, uh, an instrument to, to, or uh, uh, just something to catch fish. It's, it, it represented their livelihood. It represented their security. It was their future. Uh, they also forsook their father. They abandoned everything that was comfortable and the security of friends and family. And so today, as we look at many other passages here uh, and starting from this one, well, I'm just going to show you just three simple thoughts of what it is like to be a follower of Christ. And you say, preacher, I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not called in the ministry, or I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not called in in the mission field. But uh, you know, again, being a follower of Christ is it doesn't mean that you have to be called. And and as Paul said, "Be ye followers of me, as as I follow Christ." We need to be a follower. Of Christ and understanding all of that. Let's turn to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verse number 57. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests. Uh, but the Son of Man had not where to lay his head. I believe that uh, be, uh, following Christ, there has to be a denial of self. A denial of self. Matthew 16, verse 24, the, Jesus said to his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The, it takes, number one, a denial of comfort and security. Here, obviously, there's a man that asked the Lord and came to him and said, I want to follow you, Lord. And I don't believe he understood and he counted the cost and what that, that entailed. 
and and uh, and what the what the Lord his response really was saying that that the as as, as he said foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests but the Son of Man hath not word to lay his head. He's just saying this that when there's a trust factor when you follow Christ and uh, and there's also needs to be an abandonment of what makes us comfortable and what makes us comfortable. And um, I understand that, you know, politically, the uh, United States thinks I have not really been the same. And there's a lot of things that uh, I, I have not turned away that we want to turn, uh, biblically speaking. And, 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 but, you know, if you look at this place, and I know many of you have been in other countries, America is still the best place to live. And, and God has blessed this place in spite of the leadership uh, of this country. And uh, there's so much more. But are we willing to abandon that? Are we willing to say, Lord, whatever it is, whoever is in the leadership, I'm still willing to follow you. A denial of comfort and security. And, you know, I like comfort and I like security. Uh, and I like to have those things. But if I'm going to really truly follow Christ, then... I'm, I, I'm, I might be needing to uh, abandon those things in my life. And so he said, foxes have holes. They have places to go. Birds have nests, but the Son of Man had not where, where to lay uh, his head. I like what one missionary uh, said one time, and uh, she's now retired and single missionary. He said, home is where I, lay, where I hang my clothes. That's where home is. And... Uh, and, and my wife felt that for many, many years, and I thank the Lord for her uh, and her patience. And, 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 but but I, I'm just saying to, is this, is that if we are going to see, if we're really going to be truly, uh, truly, truly a follower of Christ, then there has to be a denial of self. And again, I want to emphasize this, that not everyone's called in the mission field again, but there might be some things in your life that you need to deny. There might be some things in your life that you know God wants you to, uh, to forsake. And it, it, it might not be, uh, you know, sinful uh, per se. Uh, the Bible says to lay aside every weight and the sin that easily beset us. And there's some things that are not important or not necessarily important for the cause of Christ. And uh, it could be uh, being willing to do something so that, uh, so that you can do more, have more time uh, in the church to... To, to help out in church, maybe uh, giving up giving up that you know that time slot to to watch a particular game to be able to be a help to someone, whatever it may be, it does take a denial of self and and um, it may be that denying of uh, putting aside some things so that others may be helped, uh, putting aside uh, uh, your time to to serve the Lord on on uh, on the ministries in the church on Saturdays and so on. A denial of comfort and security. But secondly, it also is, it takes a denial of personal priorities. Let's read on in verse chapter 59. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Notice he said that the word first was used in this verse. There was, he had some priorities first. Uh, this man wanted to fulfill his obligation to his family first. And I want you to understand also that, that Jesus is not telling us here that we shouldn't fulfill our family obligations in a family unit. But it, if our family becomes an idol in our hearts, 
drawing us away from loving God first and foremost, we must address our priorities. Uh, this is something that we deal with uh, in the Philippines, and I think we can look at it in the Philippines in general because family ties are so so strong, and that in, in a way that's a good thing. Uh, their family unit is very strong, but it, it, it's become many times a detriment. And, and young people trying to do what God wants them to do because mom and dad had some other uh, vision or uh, other priorities or other uh, uh, dreams for them. And and you know, parents, we want our best for our kids. Uh, we want our you know we want them to turn out uh, you know to be uh, good uh, uh, citizens and to 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 uh, to be uh, someone that is respectable. But we need to understand that they're, they're on loan to us, that they don't belong to us. Sometimes a day is a denial of personal priorities. He said, and, and notice also that he did not give a, a time frame. He didn't say that my, my father's dead already. He said, let me uh, bury, um, let me go, go and bury my father. And, you know, there's, there, there's that, we can, there's an implication there that, that, that he was waiting for a time frame and waiting that when those, all, all those things are done away, then I'll go serve God. And uh, following Christ is an abandonment of our personal priorities and, and just having God. And by the way, when, we have, when God is first, then everything else will fall in part. Uh, if God is first, then, uh, then everything else will be put in its right place. But notice... Here we see also a self-denial. There's a denial of personal distractions. And we see in verse number 61, another man, another, uh, another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go and bid them farewell, and which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to, to, uh, to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God, you know, as you serve God and as we endeavor to follow God, there's going to be a lot of distractions. There's going to be a lot of things that would get us away from the things that we need to do, uh, even in our personal devotion and a personal walk with God. And that's part of being a follower of Christ, uh, making sure that those things that are in our in our time and private time with Christ is taken care of. And and there there'll be many distractions. And 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 what what the Lord's just saying here is that. When the man said, let me just go back and say goodbye, there, would be a, there may be a chance that, uh, that, that, um, that he'll get distracted, that, that his eyes would be out of, the, uh, out of focus. And, and how many teenagers that I've met, you know, some, sometimes I meet them, uh, I've met them in, on deputation and they were on fire for the Lord and they were giving up their lives for the Lord and we see them now and, and, and we kind of, what, you know, we kind of wonder what happened. And, uh, and it's because there's a lot of distractions. And they put aside the things that are needful. They put aside the things that are supposed to be first in their lives. And they end up not, not making wise decisions in their lives. So what does it mean to be a follower of Christ? It means a, a, a denial of self. And let me challenge one, each one of us again this, this evening. Is there something in your life that, needs to be, that you need to deny? Um, and you know... And it doesn't just, it's not just material things. It's not just, it's not just uh, some things that you need to give up so that you can give more. And although that's part of it, you know, one of the things that I have to give up is, is uh, sometimes we need to give up pride. And, and I say that because, you know, 
I, I'm, I'm a quiet person. I'm very shy. And I remember when, I, when God called me to preach when I was 18 years old at a youth camp. And I remember uh, just finally uh, breaking and saying, Lord, what are, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give my life, but please don't call me to preach. <laughs> don't call me to stand up in front of people. And I said, okay, I'll call you to be a missionary then. And so, and, and, and you know, I have to give that up. I have to, to kind of get out of that, my shyness. And shyness, yes, some, sometimes a form of pride. Why? Because I don't want people to think any other thing of me. I don't, I'm afraid of making a mistake. And, and sometimes the self-denial means that I'm willing to just give it all to the Lord and allow God to work in my life. What, what is it? You can fill the blank, right? In Genesis 22, it's a turning point in Abraham's life uh, when he had to sacrifice Isaac. And it's interesting how the Lord worded that. And he said, uh, when he said to sacrifice Isaac, he said, uh, to sacrifice your only son, whom thou lovest. And uh, he, he wanted to emphasize that, that. And he did love Isaac. He was his only son. And, and he was the promised seed. And, and, uh, but obviously we know this, how the story ended. And God uh, blessed him uh, for it. But what is it that you love? What is it that you, you need to give up? Is it comfort or the security of, uh, of this place? And, or, you know, uh, just being in a place where everything is right, and are we willing to go out there? And uh, it's uncomfortable to talk pe- to people about, about the Lord, right? Uh, it, it's, it's unnerving when you knock on that door. You never know who's going to open that door. And, uh, but if you just give it to the Lord, God would help you through that. I, I deny yourself, and you fill in the blanks. What is it that, that you need to deny uh, to, to put aside and allow God to work in your life. Secondly, as we look at our text again, we see a dedicated life. The Bible says, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. You know, the cross is, is a symbol of, of, uh, of suffering. It's a symbol of also dedication. Jesus Christ, uh, Paul says, let this mind be in you. So it's in uh, Jesus Christ. And, and he gave his life to the end, even to the death of the cross. And uh, it, it, it symbolizes dedication. It symbolizes that Jesus Christ finished what he, uh, accomp- uh, finished what he had set to accomplish. And, 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 you know, and taking up the cross doesn't mean just, just you know, wearing a necklace of a cross or any kind of symbol on our shirt. Uh, about the cross. In the Philippines, they literally, uh, and, and bro, uh, Chris can testify of this, and that, uh, and uh, I forgot his name, but he, he, he can testify that every Easter, people would, would literally carry their cross up to a mountain and get crucified. And, uh, and of course, it's medically uh, monitored and everything, but they, that's the way they think that they can attain uh, heaven. That it's, it's not what it's not what taking up the cross. Taking up the cross is be, being dedicated. And, and, and because as you follow Christ, as you make the right decisions, as you try to be uh, the right type of follower, there will be a lot of distraction. There will be a lot of discouragements. And, you know, as you serve the Lord, and, and we saw this in the Philippines when they're, when in, within amongst the, the egrets, when, when they get saved, they get encouraged and and, and, and it's their families that are discouraging them. There's their families. It's a real, um, 
to ask Godfrey, our, our pastor there now, uh, th- there have been many times his mother, his own mom would not talk to him for, for months about, because of he, he, him giving up his career and becoming uh, dedicated to the church. And, um, but he, he said, you know, God, the Lord died for me, and it's just something that I can do for him. And uh, God began to uh, uh, burden him. Uh, Burl Godfrey actually has an IT degree. He graduated from Baguio, a university in Baguio and in a bigger city. And, and uh, it was set. He had a job lined up, uh, but he spent the summer with us. COVID happened. And then God began to work in his heart and gave that all up and, and, and trying to do his best with the little that we could give him and the little that church can give him. But he's dedicated and serving the Lord, and so as many others, Martina, also another uh, person of dedication. I, and this Mar- Martina, I, I wish I had the time to tell you every the, the struggle that she had. She came as a young lady, come to us and say, Pastor, I only believe God 50%. And the first time she showed up in church, she was in a black trench coat, and her countenance was just, he, he, she was just somewhere else. But she started coming and then, uh, and then I think just a few weeks later, um, she, came to, uh, she came to the door. And in the Philippines, and especially in Sagada, the, the door is useless because nobody knocks. And they just kind of show up. She showed up at the door and said, he, said, uh, he said, Ma'am Sandra, as she calls him, and said, I'm ready. I'm ready to believe God. And uh, she accepted the Lord and bore the transformation the transformation, and God was doing something great in her life. She saw, all of a sudden, she saw the light, and all of a sudden, things were making sense to her. Uh, she was just like any normal Igorot teenager. I mean, she was, uh, she, you know, a lot of the teenagers would, would go out and party, and they, they, they would go and drink, and, and, and she was doing those things away from the school. But when she got saved, things just changed. And, 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 and it was marvelous change, but it didn't take long before her faith was tested. And again, she was one of those young, uh, young, young, young people that were dedicated to the devil, to the spirits. And so there was a, a big struggle uh, of, in, her, in her part, and her family, were, they were not a help. And, and uh, there have been many times as we helped uh, uh, Martina, but we saw the victory. And it takes a dedicated life. And she still, even today, we still try to encourage her to keep on going. And sometimes we need that in our lives. Because if we're honest with ourselves, the Christian life is not an easy life. There's, as we follow and truly follow Christ, even those that we thought were spirit, are spiritual are sometimes the ones that will you say, you know, don't you think you're a little bit overboard with that? Or they would think that, you know, you're kind of overdoing it. Uh, but we keep our eyes on the Lord. Uh, keep following Him. A dedicated life. Um, but lastly, as we close, also, uh, if, if any man came up to me, the Lord Jesus Christ said, um, let him deny himself and take up this cross and follow me. That's important as we follow Christ. Because there's a lot of people today that say we follow Christ, but they're not following the principles of the Word of God. You see, God's will will never contradict His Word. And when, when God's allowing you to do some things, check it out in the Word of God. And there's, there's an answer there. It takes a direction towards Christ. And, and when you follow Christ, there has to be a, 
a, an abandonment, abandonment of even things that we thought were from the Bible. I remember there was a man that I, in my church that I grew up in. Uh, he got saved, and uh, our church was sort of like right in the city of Vancouver, and we, we've seen a lot of people come that were from, uh, the, from the drug scene and, and uh, from that type of lifestyle. And, and a man came, and, and, and supposedly he got saved, and, and, uh, and he got excited about you know, serving God, and, and, uh, and he said he, want, he told my pastor uh, he wanted to do something. I, don't, I was just a teenager. I didn't know exactly what the details were. I just remember my pastor saying, uh, you know, that's not really from the Bible. I, I want you to pray about that. And this man that had great potential, he had great potential to reach those that were struggling with the same things that he struggled with. Instead of listening to pastor and listening to what the Bible says, he said, I'm just going on my own. And we'd never heard from him again. And so when we follow Christ, yes, it takes a denial of self, a dedication of living for the Lord, but it also takes the direction towards Christ towards Christ, to be obedient to the principles in the Word of God and to take it, to put aside what we personally perhaps believe and put up what the, the Word of God believes, a follower of Christ. You know, again, I may say, again, that not everyone is called to full-time ministry, but everyone's called to full-time Christianity. We're all called to be followers of Christ. So it's never a question uh, if you're saved today, Tonight, and I dare say in a setting like this, in prayer meeting in midweek, everyone can say perhaps that they are saved. So it's not a question of, are you a follower of Christ? It's a question of, what kind of follower are you? Uh, are you denying self? Are you dedicating? There will be a lot of discouragements. Are you de- following the direction towards Christ? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, again, uh, to be in this church. What a blessing, Lord to be amongst friends, and, and thank you for the opportunity to preach tonight. Uh, and Lord, just simple thoughts, Lord, and help me, and help all of us to be followers of Christ. And Lord, every day, every single day of our lives, making the right decisions, Lord, to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.